Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we're beginning a new series in the Gospel of Matthew. It's going to focus on Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, which will cover Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7. This week, we're going to start out slow with just the first two verses of chapter 5. Pastor Jim will use this time to introduce and frame what is to come in these three rich chapters of Matthew. The scene opens with Jesus among a large crowd who had come out to see and hear this amazing man. And Jesus walks up onto some high ground in order to be better seen and heard and he begins to teach them in a way they have never been taught before. Here is today's slice of the sermon entitled, Blessed Now and Forever. Now in this great sermon, it is therefore said that the stress is on being what God wants you to be, not ruling or possessing things. It's as if he doesn't care what you do until he has changed what you are. Because what you are on the inside determines what you will be doing eventually. The most exalted people in the kingdom of heaven that Jesus talks about in this sermon, they are the antithesis of human ideas about greatness and governments and kingdoms and political power. The most exalted people in Christ's kingdom are the the lowest in the world's eyes. Who is greatest? In the kingdom of heaven. Well, it's the ones that are poor in spirit, those who mourn over their sin, those who are full of mercy, those who are pure in heart because their heart has been purified, those who are willing to stand for the gospel even if they are reviled and persecuted and they have all kinds of evil spoken falsely against them. That's where Jesus starts. That's the kind of person that is a citizen of his kingdom. The gospel is about changing individual lives. It's not about overthrowing governments. The gospel applies to any person anywhere under any kind of government in any generation. It's completely transferable and totally apolitical. It does not, it's not about politics. That brings me to the the religious context of the Sermon on the Mount. Some of you have heard me say this at different times, but I want to do it very quickly for you this morning. Um, This is also important. The society in which Jesus preached this sermon was very different from ours. Many of the things that he said here and many of the things that he said elsewhere in his ministry are uh, seriously misunderstood unless you're willing to take a little bit of time and understand the the beliefs and the, the streams of ideas of the various groups that influenced the people to whom Jesus spoke. There were four main groups embedded within the religion of, uh, of Judaism at the time of Jesus. The one you know the best, the one you've heard the most about, is the Pharisees. The Pharisees believed that happiness was found in keeping legalistic traditions. That's what they were all about. You've got to learn all the do's and don'ts, and you've got to keep them, and you've got to do it just like us. And by the way, you want an example of righteousness? Just look at us. Look how holy we are. 
That was the attitude of the Pharisees. The scribes, they're the ones who served as the keepers and interpreters of the Scriptures and the, and the um, uh, regulations that went along with them in the eyes of the Pharisees. Those were the scribes. They worked hand-in-hand hand to put great burdens of incredible guilt on the daily duties of the people. They were the best-known group of religious conservatives. Uh, they loved to put on public displays of spirituality. Um, they loved to be proud of that. It was the Pharisees who probably had the most influence on the daily lives of Jews in their day because they dominated the teaching of the rabbis that was done in the synagogues. That was out where the real people lived. We know the Apostle Paul was raised as a Pharisee. He became a prominent leader in that group. He says that he excelled beyond all of his peers. And then he turns around and says, and you know what? I count that all as rubbish compared to knowing Christ and the power of his resurrection. Then there is the group called the Sadducees. Sadducees believed happiness was found in more modern, liberal, tolerant views of, of things. They readily updated anything that they considered outmoded. There's a place in the book of Acts where we're going to see in a few chapters as we keep reading through there that the, the, the Sadducees didn't believe in the existence of angels and they didn't believe in the resurrection. Now, we just finished 1 Corinthians. We just dealt with 1 Corinthians chapter 15. It's kind of important, the resurrection thing. So the Sadducees were the equivalent of the, the modern uh, liberal theologians of our day. But that group held the controlling interest, not of the synagogues. That was the Pharisees' domain. The Sadducees controlled the priesthood and the things that went on in the temple, like which vendors got the license to rip off the people for exchanging their money, which vendors got the license to rip off the people by selling the animals, uh, who, who controlled the, the, the temple police, and all of that. Now, the third group that I'm going to mention is one you'll never read about as you read the Bible. The Essenes. You won't read about it because they're not mentioned anywhere in the New Testament. And there's good reason for that. But they did have an influence. Um, because of their beliefs, they did not encounter Jesus or have very much to do with the people who did. So that's why they don't show up in the Gospels. The Essenes believed happiness was found in separation. Separation from the world. They literally, in the name of spirituality, they moved out of town. They set up their own communities out in the wilderness where they were the, the first century precursors of what you and I would think of as the most separatists of monks those who have nothing to do with society. To be spiritual, we're going to lock ourselves inside these walls and we're going to read and study and pray and sing and that, that is how to be spiritual. That's how to honor God. Not very good in evangelism, they weren't. Now, there is a little footnote to that. One of the, one of the groups of the Essenes was in a little place called Qumran out in the desert. They're the ones who hid 
all those documents in those caves near the Dead Sea that, uh, so that the Romans wouldn't destroy them when they came through and, and killed them all in 68 uh, A.D. before they took out Jerusalem in 70 A.D. And those things remain hidden until 1945 or 48, something like that. And we know them as the Dead Sea Scrolls, a tremendous wealth of resources that validate for us the accuracy of the, the Scriptures that we have. So we owe a debt to the Essenes, but that was one of the other mindsets that Jesus had to deal with. And then the fourth group I mentioned in passing before, the Zealots. They believed happiness was to be found in a political revolution. The Sadducees ignored the traditions of their religions. The Pharisees prided themselves in their masks of hypocritical religious activity. The Essenes moved out of town. The Zealots were the rabble-rousers. They're the ones who wanted to get everybody to rebel against Rome. This was the group that led the charge to try to make Jesus their king at the height of his public popularity. And Jesus just slipped away. But notice one of his 12 disciples, one of the 12 apostles, was a man named Simon the Zealot. He came from that background. And there were probably people from all of these backgrounds that Jesus called to himself. Now, in the Sermon on the Mount, you're going to see how Jesus demonstrated that all of them, all four of those groups, though they may have had an element of truth, they were wrong. All the wrinkles of religion that man has ever come up with, be it under the umbrella of Judaism or um, some uh, other world religion with a totally different definition of God, they all fail to change anyone in the way that can bring, make a person suited for heaven. The Pharisees, very specifically addressed in the Sermon on the Mount because they had the most influence. Jesus says that to them, spirituality is not the external obedience to a list of do's and don'ts. To the Sadducees, Jesus says that religion is not a matter of human philosophy invented to accommodate daily life, and it's not a matter of, a matter of achieving an aristocracy. To the Essenes, Jesus says that religion is not to be found in separation from the world physically. You're to be spiritually separated, but you're to penetrate the world with the gospel. And to the Zealots, Jesus says that religion is not social activism. It's a matter of you and your heart before God. The Pharisees were, well, they were on the right track in their zeal to maintain correct doctrine, but they completely missed the boat by believing entrance into heaven could be gained by obeying rules on the outside. They had actually created a works righteousness system, which they said was what the Old Testament law touched. Remember, they were trusting in themselves that they were righteous, says in the Gospel of Luke. The Sadducees were, well, they were on the right track in the sense that they did have a legitimate desire to be relevant. They did want to address contemporary issues. They did want to elevate the lifestyle, if you will, of all of the Jews. But they completely missed the boat because they sacrificed truth to their idol of relevance. Uh, the Essenes, well, they, they were 
kind of on the right track in their desire to avoid the sins of the flesh. Well, that's a good thing. They wanted to avoid the corruption that is in the world. That's a good thing. But If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.